on today's Graze the Rim. It's conference finals time, but we'll start with a little off-the-court basketball news. We'll take a look back at the conference semifinals and preview the conference finals matchups and discuss some great performances that we witnessed in some winning and losing efforts. So lock up your dogs. We are back. We are live. Welcome to the Graze the Rim Podcast Conference Finals Edition. This is the where it's the day of June twenty first. It is Monday afternoon evening, and uh, we are we are getting down to this is the first day in I don't know how long that there's no NBA games on tonight. It sucks. So gather yourself, take a little breather, you know, unwind, take a load off, and uh, get ready for the most. What well, should be, hopefully, the most exciting basketball of the season. Up still yet to come. All right, I am Robert Thomas, joined by Seth Curran. Seth, how are you doing this fine... That was actually not super hot today. Yeah, yeah. it was actually beautiful. Here's okay, like 80 good. degrees. Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I spent all of it inside, and I'm on my first day of a new rotation. I'm working at a sports clinic for like young athletes. It's Got awesome. It. Uh, one of the kids today came up to me and said, you know who you look like? This is the first conversation I've had with this person okay. out of nowhere. You know who you look like? And I said, uh, no. Who do I look like? He said, you look like a guy that likes basketball. And I said, right. Couldn't be further so, from the truth. Yeah, exactly. And he goes, so if you watch basketball, then you know who Kevin Love is, right? And I said, yeah. He's like, well, that's exactly who you look like. That's who you look like. Um, and I said, yeah, I'm just a white guy with a beard. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Gl- glad to know we look alike. I don't know uh, if I he, see it. He is, um, you know, a good foot taller than me. Okay. I'm sitting at a. At a nice five eleven, uh, so I'm glad that we uh, draw a comparison. Right, right. That made me feel really good because Kevin Love's a good looking dude. <laughs> well, I, I, this is actually hilarious. I hate to one up you, but something not totally dissimilar <laughs> to this happened to me. So I was, uh, I was working, and um, I work for a. I don't know if we've talked. I work for a beer company, which is fun. Beer Sick. distributor. I don't know that's a good time. I got a ton of extra beer sitting around the house which i sucks <laughs> i gotta drink it it's gotta get drank someone's but, uh, gotta do it i ran into this uh one of our delivery drivers who i had not met and uh he was a guy about our age and so like we're talking in like a couple minutes in the conversation he's like hey has anyone ever told you you look like brad pitt <laughs> and i was like no <laughs> but you can go ahead and say more if you but like. Say, yeah, also, keep talking. are we drug testing still? Did you get drug tested? Do you need? To... He said. Well, then he said. He said, "No, it's the beard." And I was like, "Does Brad Pitt have a beard? Like you lost me. I don't. I can't picture him with so. a beard. That's but, not. Um, it, that's not what pops in my head when I think of Brad Pitt. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, the guy was like, "Yeah, I think it's just your beard." And I mm. said, "Okay, all right, sick." It made me feel good though. Oh, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it for sure. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, that's good. I guess that's a good little intro. Okay. Let's get into basketball. Conference finals time. We got one half. We got both halves. We got one half already underway. Before we do that, let's other basketball news. Team USA update. We got some more commits, and we got some good commits, which is fun. As of today, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Bam Adebayo, Devin Booker, yeah, all locked in. Except Devin Booker's not going to be playing, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, because he's in the finals. <laughs> but uh, he says he wants to play. That adds to the team of Damian Lillard, Draymond Green, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal. So, 
we're already, by my count, Seth, between Hardin, Booker, Dame, Beal. That's basically the backcourt, right? I, I, this is way better than I was expecting I, from a shortened season, right? 100%. Well, how did we get these guys? And we still have, was it four? Is that eight? Or f- yeah. So eight committed. So four, four spots, spots available. I would be... Are we taking a college kid? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Because I feel like they didn't in 2016. Did they? I don't... Uh, that's a good question. Like Mecca Okafor was 2008 or whatever, and Anthony Davis 2012. No, Mecca Okafor... Yeah. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I can't remember at all. I don't think and we Christian did. Leitner was on the Dream Team? He was. He was instead of Shaq. I don't think... I don't I don't know. Who <laughs> would we Isaiah take? Thomas. You, do you take Luca Garza? Who's the Who's the college kid? Uh, or Cade Cunningham? Because it's a good... It's supposed to be somebody good, right? Because like yeah. like Anthony Davis was the you know the number one the future number one pick, but he was also the the national player of the year, so it made sense. Like he was oh, obviously true. the best college player at the time, and that's why like I think that's why yeah, Leitner like the... went because he was both. He was a high pick projected, and he was you know a senior that was like the best player in college for years. You know, right? It's not who has the most NBA potential. Right. It's who right, right. yeah is the most deserving at this moment. Oh God! Please don't let Luca. Is... Okay, I have a really dumb him question. Him and him and Draymond hanging out on the bench. Yeah, go ahead. Is, uh, is Luca Garza American? <laughs> I. That's a good question. I. You know, when I said his name, I. It, it makes you think no, but then it's like he went to Iowa. So who? That's true. Who is who's coming in from overseas and going to Iowa? Like, surely you could maybe get closer to one of the coasts. Or I don't know. Not Iowa. I, I. I would just as long as we get some size, some more size, because. You know, Bam is the only true uh, post player, and he's even a little. I say, if you want to call Bam a, a, a little size at that, yeah. But uh, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, we, we the Tyson Chandler as our only center on the roster worked out. Was that two thousand eight? Mm-hmm. The Redeem team. That was twenty twelve. Was it twelve? Okay. Because right after they won, the, they won the eleven. Oh, we're right. His stock was yeah. high. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, but look out for that. I still, it drives me crazy the dream ones. I think it was, what Twitter page? I think it was Hoop Central, maybe. That was like, right after Harden announced, it listed off like a bunch of the Olympic names, like teams looking really good, and it only listed seven names. <laughs> Do you want to <laughs> guess who the one they left off? Was it Draymond? It was Draymond, yeah. Oh. I don't remember if it was, I don't remember what Twitter page it was, but it was really funny. I made me laugh. <laughs> Uh, other, yeah, other Olympic. Oh, they have. That's what I'm saying. Like, everyone knows it. Like, why is he here? Just no one wants to say it because of the prestige that he's he's Draymond. Uh, other Olympic news: Ben Simmons has announced he won't play for Team Australia because he wants to focus on his skill development this off season. And did you just see the thing that I came think we through? Bar- no, but I think we buried the lead on Ben Simmons. I want to. I want to make this very clear. Ben Simmons is right-handed. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> Well, he, the news just announced that he's switching to his right. Potential no right way! Hand. Shut up! Did you not see that? I thought that's what you were leading into. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, that was from just me watching okay. basketball. Saying, "Damn it, yeah. Ben Bleach Simmons report, shoots with his right hand." Bleacher Report twenty minutes ago, seventy six star changing his dominant shooting hand from left to right. Yes. It's on the. It's on the table. It's on the table. Yes. I agree. I don't. Yeah. I mean that's true. So the Bucks win an incredible game seven, and then the Sixers. Blow an incredible opportunity to go to the conference finals. Yes. Both of which burying the collapse by the Jazz, by the way, which we'll talk about. But, but uh, yeah, Ben Simmons 
pretty historically terrible performance. And uh, so he's going to take the offseason to practice his... That's, that was the thing I was going to say. He, it said that he's not competing for Australia because he wants to prioritize or something. Like, he wants to work on skill development. Like, they use the phrase skill development. And I'm thinking, boy, what skills is he... Like, I just... I would love to know. Like, what's their offseason plan? You know, are we going to practice layups? Are we going to practice three-footers? How many days or how many hours a day are we going to practice free throws? Yeah. I'm just... I'm very curious what skills he's going to develop. Like, because honestly, it's at the point where the skills he needs to develop, they teach at, like, a junior high summer basketball mm-hmm. camp. You know, like just go to a bunch of those. Players, yeah. Go to a bunch of those. You know, plus you get like a, a free T-shirt and a sling bag and stuff, and those are a lot of fun. Those camps. They're probably sponsored by Gatorade too, so just or Muscle Milk. They get all the perks. Yeah, those are fun. Uh, um, but I think Australia will be fine. Where they got uh, Dante Exum and Matthew Delvadova. Yeah, in the backcourt. That's, That's true. Great it's already, backcourt. Already crowded. Already crowded. <laughs> Not sure there was room for Ben Simmons mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other news before we get to the games. Oh, do you want to round out the uh, awards that were won? The major awards. Oh, the uh, yeah, go yeah, go ahead. So Lamelo Ball wins Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Wrong. Which is fine. Stolen. Thievery. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag uh, stolen valor. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it, it honestly felt like it was a potential award that they gave it to. I don't. Yeah. I don't see. I don't see why he, what his case is for winning it. But um, we thought, I mean, he, you know, his, his numbers were, his shooting percentages were better, but his, basically his numbers were worse. And Anthony Edwards, on a better team. Yeah, Anthony Edwards yeah. is dealing with yeah. a, a terrible rotational roster with guys injured and them not being great when they're healthy and new coach and stuff. And so I would have given it to Edwards, but whatever. Was that the last defensive player of the year? Did we mention that the Gobert one last since before yeah. last time? Yeah. Uh, if we didn't, Gobert won or, mm-hmm. or defensive player of the year. Uh, that's everything. All right, cool. All NBA teams were announced. We'll we'll get to that later. Yes, um, uh, like we'll next update week. That at some point, that's gonna yeah. happen. Uh, a couple other things. One, rumors came out that Zion Williamson, his family. I'd say Williamson, like you didn't know which Zion I'm talking about. His family, <laughs> uh, Zion uh, National Park. <laughs> no, Zion National Park. <laughs> his uh, his family is unhappy with New Orleans, or or doesn't think he has potential. Like they don't want him in New Orleans, right? Is that yeah. the, just basically? Yes, they're not. They're not. They don't feel welcome. Not welcome. They just don't love New Orleans apparently. Like as a community, it sounds like not yeah. Just a- and I don't like this. This is a nightmare. Like worst case scenario for the league, and the league hates mm-hmm. this. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm gonna preface something and then say the opposite, like I always do. I'm all for player empowerment, but. Here's why players should be locked down to the teams that drafted for their entire careers, right? No, just like, like, like you want player movement, player freedom, and that's fine. And I understand, like, they're the talent the league runs because of them. But the league needs to be successful. And in order to be successful, there has to be a diversity of talent and a diverse, mm-hmm. like, competitiveness. And so, if, like, he's, this, the, the issue is he's played, he's, on, he's been on the team for two years, he's played 82 games healthy and he's already like rumors that he's unhappy and wants to leave like yeah what do you do if you're a small market team and you you know you 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 luck into the number one pick because you're terrible and then you miss on a draft pick your coach doesn't fit with your new star and then all of a sudden you're screwed because he already wants to leave and you're done and And now you relocate that's true that might happen to seattle (laughs) 
Because yeah, their contract is up in 2024. Did you see that? Yeah, it sounds like they're the like if 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 they if could a team you, is going to relocate, it's going to be them. Could you imagine the like the world where like the Pelicans can't keep Zion happy, so their solution is to relocate cities? <laughs> oh, I heard you like Seattle, Zion. All right, yeah, exactly. They, they let him actually. Pick you know what, what Zion? City? I, yeah, I was say Zion. You pick. Uh, no player has ever had this much power, but you could have. Get to put a franchise in wherever you want to be. We'll make it happen. Yeah, it's just, I mean, like, this is terrible for the league. Like, players on their second years being unhappy, you know. Yeah. Not not the league as in the general league, but, like, the owners, you know, the the front office, you know, executives, Adam Silver. Like, this is terrible for all of them. Mm -hmm. And not in a way that's like, yeah, stick it to all those billionaire owners. Like, this is... This is a bad sign of things that might be coming in terms of right. And then we have even a little bit good news that all the turnover that's happening in Dallas. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, I mean it's uh, but Luke is up for a supermax extension, a rookie this supermax. Let's not, yes, right, true. So he made All NBA first team. So he's like, or I guess it's All NBA, any All NBA team, right? I think yes, I think okay. so. Yeah, he just happened to make two first teams because he sure he's Luca. And now he's eligible for the, you know, Supermax rookie extension, which he hasn't signed yet, but it sounds like he's still committed. Um, So Dallas gets rid of Rick Carlisle, head coach, Donnie Nelson, the longtime GM, the one that actually drafted, had all the say in drafting Luka. Uh, There's just, there's a lot of reports out there about the kind of... Well, did you hear... So there was some other front office guy. I don't remember what his title was. Bob Volgaris. Okay, good. So you have heard that. That he's like a... A gambling pro, and yes. he has like all this say in. He's what like kind the of shadow decision. GM is the yes. phrase, that, and and so what? What did I was listening to? Uh, what's his name? Tim Bonteps, who's like I think he lives in Dallas, but he's an ESPN guy. Oh, Tim guy. McMahon. Oh, Tim McMahon. Thank you. Yeah. So he is. Yeah. So he's an ESPN guy, and he uh, has the ear to the pulse of the Dallas Mavericks. And and what he was saying was that that Mark Cuban like gets final say on like all basketball decisions, and and what's the, the poker guy's name? Whatever the game. Um, Basically, the, the GM and the shadow GM were competing for his ear, like a straight out of an Egyptian. I can't think of the movie's name. The Prince of Egypt. You got oh, two yeah, yeah. advisors whispering in the ear of the pharaoh. That's what's happening here. And um, apparently, Luca didn't like it. And so that was. I think that right. was the, the. Well, the the was it mutual? Or didn't they say it was mutual? All of these leavings, or Mark Kyle left yes. on his own. Yeah, he own stepped now. down willingly. Yeah. All those nice words. To but if, yeah, you can rest assured that if Luca wanted them to stay, they would still be there. Or the Mavericks would have tried harder to keep them at least. Yeah. So, yeah, so that'll be interesting to see what ends up there. But sorry, what, what was your backtrack? Just that something like that could have easily caused Luca to be like, oh, I can, I can like, sign a qualifying offer for, you know, the one year, one more year and then jet to whatever city right, I want right. to. Right, so, right. So basically um, the issue is is that his rookie deal is expiring. Yes. And so his first major contract after your rookie deal, the team that drafts you has so much more power than potentially if you refuse the offer. Like you can get so much more money from the team that drafts you, which is a, you know an incentive to set stay, up by the league know. to stay. Yeah. Exactly. And so basically, like there is a way out where instead of so the contract will be a five year option that Luca's going to sign. The last year will almost definitely be a player option just because he can ask for it and they'll give it to him. But he's locking down for that much more time. And there is an option where instead of taking that, you could just take a basically a qualifying offer 
which I don't know how they scale how much money that is. But let me tell but you, it's it like, is significantly it's less, and it's yeah. one year extension, and then you're unrestricted free agent, then you can go wherever you want. And a superstar, a young superstar player like Zion or Luca level doing that is actual nightmare fuel for league executives and yes. the NBA out of Silver. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't like. I've always been under the impression that if you're a great college player or a great prospect, you get drafted by a bad team because they need good players, and then you're just bad for your first few years. Like I just assume that's unless help you're, them be bad. That's what I'm saying. Unless you're <laughs> unless you're trans. Ooh, I like where your head's at with that. But yes. unless you're so transcendent like Luca or LeBron that you can single handedly will them out of, will them into the playoffs as a young player. It just kind of comes with the territory of being a number one pick is that the team that picks you is in a terrible spot and needs an infusion of good players. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's because they're a not great run organization. And so you just kind of have to stick it out while you're young. And then once you've stuck it out, you can leave. That's what I just, I, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the way you should do it. Right. And I, I'm very nervous that people might not be wanting to do that. I know. Yeah, the Zion thing is, is going to get real dicey. Right. Now, I don't know where this report came from. or I, did, I didn't even dive into it at all, but just the headline alone is a little discouraging. Yeah. But we'll see how it plays out. Uh, should we talk about the playoffs? Well, I do. do one more thing. Well, yes. Yeah. Big news. Oh. oh. Brad Stevens and his first <laughs> official move as president of basketball <laughs> operations for the Boston Celtics trades his starting point guard of however many years. In a wild trade. So the Celtics and Thunder uh, exchanged assets and players. The Celtics traded, what was it? Kemba Walker, the 16th pick in this year's draft, and a 2025 second mm -hmm. for former Celtics great Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a 2022nd, 2023 second-round pick. Yeah. So I don't know. I have no idea what to make of this for the Celtics. But this is all I can think of is holy cow! Brad Stevens hates Kemba Walker, and now that they can do something about it, gets him off. Well, of the doesn't team. it kind of telling that that Brad Stevens' first move as a GM is to unload the point guard he's coached the last two seasons? Right like, for a for an older, wor uh, not necessarily worse. It's a it's a Kemba's contract is larger and longer, so it yes. lasts longer. They'll get off the Al Horford contract quicker, but. Both are bad contracts. Kemba's right Al Horford, and I mean, just on the court, Kemba's definitely better right now. Yes, even though he's would like to make fun of him. Oh, I'd love to, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I so, don't. I, I don't see how the Celtics have to unload with the second, the sixteenth pick in this draft to take on Al Horford, or just to get rid of Kemba Walker's contract. That's I don't see what's how crazy that to me is that that all I can think of is a salary dump that you want to get off the Kemba mm -hmm. contract. So you're giving up, like you said, the sixteenth round pick. You're getting back Moses Brown, who is a fine, a project. He's a fine he's a project. prospect. I don't think he's 16th pick good. <laughs> no. So we're losing value on that. And it's just, it's just that's like, they just didn't like Kemba. They didn't want the contract. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, Al Horford will play. So that's, that's cool for the Celtics. <clears throat> but they, they say they give yeah, him the pick, which is, you know, it's not a terrible pick. And they uh, they get worse in the short term, and I just I, I still can't believe it. And so. we'll we'll say this about the yeah, I can't believe what's happening in Boston. It just I don't. We'll see what Brad Stevens comes up with next. But that's not a it's not a great first first move as GM. Not a good first impression. How about but, uh, 
For the Thunder. Is that what you were going to say? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, Kemba's not going to be in Oklahoma City. No. That obviously is not part of the long-term plan. But goddamn, Sim Presti is just racking up every single draft pick. Here's the thing. It's the getting, floor. honestly, it's getting too much. I think because it's getting excessive. You can't, you have 15 players on your roster. Yes. What are you doing with he all has, these? He has, over the next seven years, he has 18 firsts and 18 seconds. And he'll probably get more for Kemba. Yeah. Of one of the two. And like you said, 15 players max. And this isn't just like in 2K where you can just trade eight first-round picks this year to get right. the number one pick. Let's think. What's the plan with all these picks? I, what team needs for probably bad first-round picks or what team would give that up to move? Because I assume you're either going to flip it to move up a lot in the draft or to get another young prospect. But what team would part with those things to take on what you're offering them? Like, I, I just – I don't – and you have to yeah. do it probably three more times to get rid of right. all of so your picks. Right, so we can we can we can praise Sam Presti for this part of, you know, building the team, collecting all these assets, but we really can't grade him until we see what he does right. with them. You know, just hoarding those and letting him play out, taking the eighth player in the draft and then the sixth player the next year. We're actually probably in the same draft. To be right. Well, honest. that's the thing. So so it's his plan. Like, all right, I have picks that could fall. I have you know three first round picks every year that could fall anywhere in the mm-hmm. spectrum. Do I just See if we land a top five and then try to package everything else. Right. Or like, you know, if I if I get, you know, pick 18, 20, 25, like who's going to want those picks? Because <laughs> I don't want all three of them. Or like, so I don't know. I just, I'm very curious to see how this plays out for them. Like in 2K, I'll, I'll wait till the, I'll sim to the lottery and I'll see who's the number one pick and then I'll package all of my picks yeah. up for the number one pick. Right. Know, maybe that's what they're doing. And maybe. it works every time. Yeah. But I don't know if it'll work as often. <laughs> GMs aren't as dumb as they are in 2K for some Right, reason. exactly. <laughs> and you can't turn down sliders in real life. All right. Stupid. So let's get to games. Let's start uh, in the West. Okay, I always do Jazz Clippers. Okay, let's start with the when we left off, the Suns had just beaten off the Nuggets, right? Yes, and it was okay. 2-1 Clippers. No, no, no. The Suns, the Suns beat off the Nuggets in, yes. the, in the, completing the West. Like that, that had already happened. That yes. series is over. Correct. We won't bring that up again. Correct, correct, correct. We're not going to bring up the Suns beating up the Nuggets. No, I didn't. Anymore. I didn't. I haven't heard it once today, and I'm not going to hear okay. it once for the rest of the time. But uh, so it was two one Jazz. I misspoke. It was two one Jazz last time we talked, and that evening was game four, and it was without Kawhi Leonard. So we were. Was that right? Is this where I was? It? No, it was two two. Right, two two. God, I'm all over the place. In game five, yeah. So it was two two. Game five was that night, and no Kawhi was just announced. So we were like, oh, good luck, Jazz. And I remember you said, let's just see if the Clippers can keep it competitive. And they kept it competitive. They Not only not did the they first win, half of game six, though. Not only <laughs> did they win. That's true. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> well, the point being, the Clippers won four straight games after going down 2-0. And I, the first team in NBA history to come back from 2-0 deficits twice Incredible. in playoff series. Incredible. I just, I, all I can think of... So small market teams complain. Well, not really complain. Uh, they're vocal about the uh, the benefits big market teams get that small markets don't get. Like you know, you get more media attention. You get more. You're worth more as a franchise. You get better players and free agency. The prestige of being in L.A. or New York, or whatever. And all that's true. But right now, the Jazz are very happy to not be in a big market because mm-hmm. imagine the Knicks or the Lakers losing four straight games after going up 2-0, and the opposing team's best player gets hurt. Because yeah. this was this was nothing short of a terrible collapse for the Utah Jazz in these four games. Right. So, yeah, so like we said, so Jazz go up 2-0 at home. Clippers go back to L.A. and win the next two. And then Kawhi Leonard sprains his ACL, which from all that I've heard 
is not an optimistic injury because we still haven't heard the severity of it. But I'm still there's just there doesn't seem to be much news about what the right. injury. Type I'm sure is, that's so. on purpose. They want to keep it under right. wraps so that the Suns don't know what's happening, so they can not game plan. So, but yeah, so Kawhi's out for games, the series Five and six. for the rest of the series. That's it's announced that he won't probably play for the, rest of the series, and then the Jazz go on to lose games whatever five and six without Kawhi in not great and boy game six we'll talk about but but uh, what, what what do you want to start do you want to start with the Clippers or the Jazz start with the Clippers because we got to give them okay. respect they they won the series oh here's my question uh, Seth actually yeah well the Clippers is was Kawhi Leonard holding back Paul George I think so he Paul George should be pissed at Kawhi uh for making him deal with all this social media bullshit like getting shit on by everybody right on social media just because Kawhi was wasn't allowing Paul George to be his full self and I liked what he said actually because to be completely transparent I have enjoyed making fun of Paul George Mm -hmm. you know last season especially but this season I've had so much fun watching him play because he's been really good uh, but back when the when he was in Indiana facing with the big three in Miami, I loved watching Paul George play well, and he was always going up against the the top dogs in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And he showed out every time, right? I I just enjoy him getting back to that. And he even said that in the post game. He's like, "I'm back to the indie mindset. This is my team. I'm gonna you know carry them to where we need to go." And goddamn, he did it uh, against all odds. It seemed like no one was no one thought this was possible. Right. Right. Yeah, he, I mean, he looks great. He played great. He, they did not have an answer for him defensively. And I remember going into the playoffs, we were concerned how the Jazz's wing defense would hold up. And it was more mm-hmm. so like, if they run into LeBron in the conference finals, what are they going to do? But, you know, Paul George posed other threats or posed the same threat to them. And that, that they had, like, Bogdanovich was not great. Royce O'Neal was just too small. Too small, as Luke would say. <laughs> I didn't want to swear it. I was going to swear it, but I decided not to. But uh, restraint, right? But he, like he, he was just great, and he looked comfortable. And they, I mean, they looked like a good, solid team, which we have not seen a lot. You know, especially when things get tighter, when they go down big, mm-hmm. that they revert to ISO hero ball. Did you know that they they had twenty five more assists this series than the Jazz and the beautiful basketball playing Jazz? It was the series I assist mean, tally was. I didn't know that, but I yeah. Okay, go ahead. 125 to 101. So I can't believe, like, if you you would have told me that, it would have surprised me. But I also completely understand because the Jazz are just playing ISO ball. When when Jordan Clarkson's on the court, he's firing it up. No one else is touching the ball, and Don Mitchell is at least a, a really good basketball player. So when he does, it's okay. But it happens all too often. So I'm not really that surprised. Yeah, and and the Jazz, I mean, so Bogdanovich had some good games, had some really good games, and Clarkson had his moments. But besides that, not a lot from the other Jazz players. And, yeah. and you know, Mike Conley came back in game six, and he didn't look great, mm-hmm. which, you know, you can expect from kind of rushing back. But like um, you, you blew a 30, I think it was 32-point performance from Bogdanovich in game five yeah, at game home. Yeah, game five, yeah. You yeah, yeah. 32 out of Bogdanovich and still, still lost. That should have been a... Yeah, and, and like like how the Jazz role players struggled, the Clippers, again, like we said in round one, they were great. Like, Reggie Jackson in games, <laughs> I mean, you know, is it even surprised at this point? What, what did they write then? In, in games four, five, and six, he averaged like 23, 24 points a game. Unreal. Yeah, so so as, <laughs> I just, he said it's great, and Marcus Morris had some good games. 
Excuse me, Marcus Morris Jr.'s dad has good games. There we go. And, and then uh, in game six. Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> what happened. We're going to get around to six. this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so game six was the other Clipper, which, which this is kind of what I was thinking was that, you know, the next best offensive players for the Jazz, besides Donovan Mitchell, with Conley out, were Bogdanovich and Clarkson. And mm-hmm. they both had some good games, some games where they didn't really show up. And then Ingles, nothing really worse than nothing really. Rudy Gobert, God, we'll talk about Rudy Gobert. Like, there was no there was no game like this, the Terrence Mann game, that we saw in Game 6 for the Good Clippers. God, where did that come from? Career so, high. Man, 39 points. Yeah. What was his? 15, I want to look up. 15 of 21 from the field. 7 of 10 from 3. What is this world coming to? 39 is this career high for... He never scored that many in college. Obviously, he hasn't scored that many in, game in, in the NBA. And just it uh, unleashed it uh, yeah, 20, uh, in game six. 25 was his Jazz. previous. 25 was his previous career high. And like you said, yeah, what, what a time, time. To, br- to bring that out. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Uh, and then Reggie Jackson, like we said, also fantastic in this game. Paul George also really really good. But besides all that, they faced a 25 point deficit at halftime. So the Jazz were up 25 points. Yeah. At the end of the first. I turned time. off the game. I went to bed. I said I was going to uh, go back and watch. Time? I said I was going to go back and watch. I didn't because I didn't want to. Because you uh, knew the pain it would cause. I woke up to uh, notifications of Terrence Mann getting mobbed in the locker room after <laughs> dropping 40 <laughs> points on the number one seed. Yeah, so th- should we flip? I mean, he was fantastic. He was great offensively. He had a yet another yam on Rudy Gobert, a tip dunk. <laughs> that one, like... If you're if you're coming over to help, I don't know which one's worse actually. If you're coming over to help, like kind of scrambling to rotate, or you get on a rebound, you get tip dunked on. Because mm-hmm. both of it, like, one like I don't know, I don't know. They're both bad because you're the defensive player of the year. So so, so let's flip to the Jazz. And when I say that, I mean let's flip to Rudy Gobert. Well, let's, let's flip to the Jazz. So like I said, the the other great series in the East were overshadowing kind of the the drama of the Jazz collapse. So four straight losses, like we said, and they the lack of adjustments from the Jazz, and you know who I very much like Quinn Snyder, but but uh, the lack of adjustments and game plans kind of throughout all of these games, and especially in Game Six, is pretty. I want to know surprising is good enough for it. It's pretty crazy. So the thing, like like the Clippers have played small and had success against the Mavericks, right? Yeah, and then Kawhi goes out. And the Clippers double down and are like, all right, screw it. We're just going to play ultra mega small. So play even smaller. Now. Yeah, so Zubak, who played an average of 16 minutes per game in the first four games with Kawhi, he played a total of 14 minutes in games five or six. So half mm-hmm. his minutes got cut in half. And there was no adjustment from Utah to the super smallness. Rudy Gobert's minutes went up. He played 10 more minutes a game in games five or six to uh, counter this. And it didn't counter it because, like we've said time and time again, He's just been terrible in the series, especially against smaller guys. And as we see him get spin cycled by Steph Curry time and time again, he's just not a good perimeter defender. And so, like the adjustments, so Rudy Gobert said post game of Game Six when Terrence Mann dropped thirty nine points. By the way, Seth, fun fact: uh, since ESPN started tracking uh, how many points a player scored while being defended by specific defenders, since they started tracking that in twenty fourteen, Terrence Mann is the third player in the NBA, over that span, to score 30 points while being defended by one person <laughs> as the primary defender. Also, the highest field goal percentage of those three, doing it at 80%. Yikes. And it was Rudy Gobert was the primary defender. Yeah. So he scored yeah. 30 points while being defended by the three-time defensive player of the year, 
as a primary defender and shot 80% while doing so. And after the game, Rudy Gobert said, our game plan was, well, when we find the quote, so I don't mess up. Uh, the game plan was to let Terrence Mann shoot. That, that was that was what he said. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, so no adjustments from game to game. But maybe at halftime, if the guy you've wanted to let shoot has like four threes, like don't let him shoot. That's an adjustment we could make. And right. what was the thing? Oh, that that the, the the Clippers just preyed on Rudy Gobert's need, fundamental need to overhelp and be in the paint whenever the ball was near the paint. Yes. And just put a shooter at the corner and put Terrence Mann at the quarter and let him rain down threes. Yeah. I'm going to uh, I want to sadly, I want to defend Rudy Gobert a little bit. This definitely is is alarming because of his skill set. Normally you think of small ball the way you counter a small ball is having a dominant big offensively that punishes the team for playing a small center. Rudy Gobert didn't attempt a shot in the fourth quarter. There's right. no, he has no offensive skill set besides offensive rebounds and putbacks. If you can't do that and you can't guard someone on the perimeter, you're really like you're not creating any advantage for your team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, here's but but I want to defend Rudy Gobert a little bit. The perimeter like point of attack defenders of Utah are bad, so I mean they're getting blown by at will. Bogdanovich is not able to stay in front. Uh, Donovan Mitchell didn't have the energy because he's putting it all on offense. Mike Conley is a step slow with his injury. None of them are really keeping the Clippers in front of him. So it is Rudy Gobert's job to still somehow protect the rim. And like you said, like he said, I guess, they're going to live with Terrence Mann corner threes because he's scored a career-high 25 points to the, up to this point. So it kind of falls on Quinn Snyder. you got to change something. More so than let's blame Rudy Gobert for it all. Well, okay, I I hear you, and like I agree that that that's a coaching adjustment that needs to be made. But in my head, if the adjustment that needs to be made is take Rudy Gobert out of the game, I'm going to blame Rudy Gobert because if he like if he's so bad that he can't be on the floor, and you're mad at the coach for keeping him on the floor, you, like you well, no, be I, mad at both. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but but had perimeter defenders been able to provide a little more resistance, it wouldn't have to be Rudy Gobert coming all the way across the court, right? To try to defend them. Yeah, so I, mean, I, think I mean, it's a whole defensive unit uh, deserves blame, blame, right? Right. Well, one of them got 30 points dropped on his head. Yes, he did. I mean, like, you can't deny Rudy Gobert's not overhelping. Absolutely not. And I don't I don't know, like, like the, the rim protection, the rim presence, at some point, it's just not worth it. At some point, it's just a, a perimeter liability. Oh, I, I completely mean, agree. I, I am, yeah. I am. And like you said, if, if he's not providing anything offensive, I think it was game five on the offensive end. That there was like back to back ball screen or possessions where he set a ball screen and they switch like Patrick Beverly and yeah. Rondo onto him and he just stands like he's like Ben Simmons standing in the corner, not wanting to be involved in the offense. Like what are like if this is your offense and you're struggling to keep up with guys on the defensive end, like what are you doing here? And plus all this with the two hundred million dollar contract he's got coming <laughs> over I mean, that just him. amplifies everything. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's it's when you're you're paying him to be a great defensive player, and you have to take him out because he can't defend the way you need him to defend. Like that's pretty terrible. And uh-oh. people were, what? <laughs> no, that yeah, that oh, is yeah, a, oh yeah, that is an, oh good yeah good, okay yeah. And like people on Twitter were like saying, oh, it's a fake de- like give it fake defensive player of the year. He's bad defensively, and he is bad defensively. I don't. I mean, <laughs> it's a regular season award, so that's st- stupid. But like. If you're going to be a great defender in today's NBA, you have to be a versatile defender. You have to mm-hmm. be able to guard multiple positions, and he can't. He's, and, I mean, he's a great help defender in the paint, but he is a complete liability on the perimeter. And that just it, it, it was 
the, the hugest thing for me in this game six, besides Terrence Mann roasting him. Last thing for the Jazz. Can we now start making 2015 Hawks comparisons? About yes. The Jazz okay, good. <laughs> yes. Good, good. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, so Clippers move on, and they've already played a game. <laughs> Suns Clippers. Let's. So we, we talked about it before the series started, that it was my picking the series. I said it at Suns six and a half, and you took the Suns. So you need Suns mm-hmm. in six or less. Uh, I don't have much for this game one. Just the Devin Booker is that guy. He is becoming that guy right in front of our eyes. But he is awesome. I will say uh, I'm pissed at the Clippers because both round series that they have played, I have picked against them or been picked against. I I have picked the other team because I didn't pick it in round two. You picked. No. No, I did pick. I picked both times. Why did I pick both times? Whatever. Both times I pick against them. They almost cover. Yeah. And they win both times. So within one game of covering, so I don't lose the bet, but also they win the series. So it's a double loss for me. So now that I have the Clippers, hopefully that's the thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the Suns got this though. Okay. Do you have anything? Do you have anything about game one? For game one? Yeah, game one was was awesome. Uh, no Chris Paul, no Kawhi. That kind of overshadows things. Just a little sucks a little bit, but um, yeah, the this Suns team is for real. Devin Booker, like you said, it, it, <laughs> I don't know what this is going to cause for like best players in the NBA talk start of next season. But you know this is going to get brought up all the time. We're going to have Devin Booker way too high. Uh, not that he's not performing right. incredibly right. right now, but I'm just predicting It'll be like it's six happen. next year. Yeah, not, and not to, not to take anything away from him. He. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. Not saying anything. He's been incredible. He dominated this game. First time for first career triple double. What a time! Uh, with no Chris Paul, you're carrying that entire offense. But then we can look back at this series compared to last. DeAndre Ayton dominated. He was a huge factor in this game. He punished the Clippers for playing small because he can finish around the rim and be involved in the offense. Uh, they eventually had to play Demarcus Cousins and Ivica Zubats, which they weren't even considering last series. And that then, was yeah. That was I, and I just I just think it's crazy that the 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 uh, rotation shift that the Clippers have gone through every series that they start yeah. big, they play big guys, big minutes, and then it doesn't work, so they play small. So yeah, so game one they they stuck with that ultra small lineup, and then at halftime to start the second half they they threw in Zubats instead of Marcus Morris Jr.'s dad, mm-hmm. uh, and then they but throughout that time they had kind of shuffled in the first half they had shuffled him and Demarcus Cousins in at times, which kind of surprised me. But to be honest, the initial returns on DeMarcus Cousins' minutes were pretty good. Well, part of the problem is a problem for the Suns. Charge. Yeah, why, why, <laughs> why is that? Uh, whatever. I, I was surprised uh, at that for the Suns. Like, why is that the matchup we're going for? Yeah. I just... It, you, you don't have much after uh, DeAndre Eaton in terms of size. Right. right. You know? But I mean, if they're, playing, bad. if they're playing Marcus Morris at the five, throwing Jake Crowder at the five. I mean, right, exactly. I don't see any – there's no reason to, to get down to yeah. Darius Sarge. But while we're here, let's talk about the Darius Sarge and Luke Kennard. They both have faces that, like, uh, just annoy me. They look like they have no idea what's going on they in They do life. kind of have the same blank stare and, like, and, open uh, mouth. Yes. Yeah, I see that. So when those two guys are on the same court – at the uh, on the court at the same time, it's, a, it's always a gift. Mm. Um, the Suns' defense is spectacular also. The ability to track the ball and then pick off any cross court pass that happened multiple times in game yeah. one, um, get out in transition. Yeah, that's about it. I, you know, there's gonna be some changes made. Definitely, Chris Paul is gonna come back here soon. Kawhi could come back. We'll see what what changes there. But 
Yeah, it sounds like Chris Paul will be back sooner rather than later, and right. who knows when Kawhi will be back. So that will be a big turning point if we get Chris Paul, but still Kawhi-less for the Clippers. Yeah. All right, move over to the East. Philadelphia, Atlanta. All right, uh, and similar to last time we talked, we talked about Butts. Well, Butts. <laughs> similar to when we talked last week, we talked about Bucks nets and it was right after the incredible Kevin Durant game, and I had to stop myself or stop my made sure that I talked about Kevin Durant because all I wanted to talk about was how much I was disappointed with the Bucks, and that's how I feel here is that all I want to talk about is what a failure for the Sixers, but we should talk about Atlanta because they won the series. They did. So let's start with Atlanta. Credit to Atlanta. Okay, Trey no. Young. <laughs> Trey Young. Could. Oh, I think you saying let's credit. Oh, uh, that's Atlanta fine. And then, oh, <laughs> we we could. Well, so, I mean, I mean, just Trey Young didn't shoot great in the series. I think like his his only like good three point shooting nights were nights that they lost. <laughs> so didn't shoot great from the floor, but he absolutely is that guy, yes. like Devin Booker, and like the contrast of his. Energy, body language, confidence compared to like Philadelphia, even when the game was close, is insane to me. Joel Embiid, notorious for bad body language, but nobody on the Sixers, maybe Seth Curry was the only one that looked like he wanted to be there. And it was just, I mean, just credit to credit to Trey Young, especially in the in that environment. That just he just he is like you people have called him the villain, but it's more of just like kind of in the way that Kobe was a villain to teams that they played against because he You're just beat good them. In the head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, again, Game Seven just last night, uh, a "fuck Trey Young" chant broke out in mm-hmm. Philadelphia yeah. that it carried over from the Knicks uh, fans. Uh, so when you're doing that, you know you're doing something right. Absolutely. And then Philly fans are still trash. They threw like water bottles and <laughs> stuff on the yeah. court last night. Yeah, they just just stay home. I know. <laughs> well, they booed after the. They booed. After I did love that. Over. That was great. That's what you do. I love that you boo your home team after after a collapse. Like I don't know. Can we call it a collapse? I, I will. I, I mean, they. I think it was the, the the first time you blow eighteen point leads in back to back playoff games in like twenty yeah. something years. It's absolutely yeah. collapsed. And one of them was like a twenty five point game with like fifteen minutes left. Right in game that was game the, uh, five. Game so game five in Philadelphia, uh, the the, <laughs> the Sixers blow a twenty six point second half lead. Yeah, with like um, it was like four minutes left in the third quarter that it was twenty six. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was it, like yeah, it was it was. Mind-boggling. I don't. I don't know how it happened. Yeah, it's uh, mind-boggling. It gets your thoughts in a exactly. bottle. Exactly, trapped in a bottle. I. Yeah. I will. One more thing about the Hawks, and it's not a compliment. The Hawks are good. They, uh, you know, they're in the conference finals. They absolutely. I'm sure they're the Vegas underdogs. The Atlanta Hawks are in the conference finals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm saying I'm sure they're the Vegas underdogs, but you're in the conference finals. It's eight wins away from winning a title. Like I'm done. I'm done dismissing them, shorthanding, shortcoming them. I will. Well, but last thing about the Hawks. Yeah, shout they, out Red, Red Red Velvet. Yes, who <laughs> hilarious. My dad watching Game Seven on Father's Day. They interview Kevin Herter because he was a high. He led the Hawks in scoring. And my dad's like, "Why is he not sweating? Because <laughs> he's this pasty white dude. Doesn't look sweaty at like he's just like hanging out, got his hair all nice and stuff. And it's like I don't think he closed. I don't think he was in the closing lineup, but um, that was funny. But uh, well, I was gonna say the Hawks. They wear their their. MLK jerseys. Yes. They're Martin Luther King oh, yeah. And it's just a, hey, Martin Luther King was born here jersey. Because, like, hey, there's a guy universally loved, like, one of the great Americans was from our city. So we're going to record. Like, yes. like, didn't wasn't a good part of Martin Luther King's 
not ministry. Al- like Birmingham, Alabama. Well, that was Alabama. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's where I think of him. Well, I'm just well. I mean, he's from Georgia originally. Yes. I understand, but but yeah. but wasn't a good part of his not crusade, whatever. Because I don't want to say fight because he was he was all about the nonviolent protesting, uh, dis- civil disturbances. Wasn't a lot of it in Georgia? Weren't they protesting racist laws that Georgia well, and I'm Atlanta sure they had? had them. Yeah, they should. <laughs> so they put him on his shirt to celebrate. This guy had to overcome our horrible laws in our horrible city. Go us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think that's funny. But um, <laughs> And then to see Kevin Herter rocking it. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a tweet that was uh, Kevin Herter in the, in, the, in the black MLK jersey. It was like, this is what the doctor had in mind. <laughs> 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 That's great. That's really funny, actually. All right. Uh, so Sixers. Is it Sixers time? Can we talk about the yeah. Sixers now? Okay. What? Preface this. Dana Green didn't play in games four, five, six, seven. And and you say that to help or hurt the Sixers case? Okay. This helps the Sixers case. Now, hear me out. Because if you take Danny Green off the court, who is a plus on both sides of the court, okay, not a, not a minus. He's bad in this in the first two games. Okay, but he's not a minus. He's definitely a plus on defense. Okay, but when you take him off, that means you either have to play Furkan Korkmaz, who is a absolute minus on the defensive end, who's already on the court with Seth Curry, who's a minus on the defensive end. Okay, or you throw Matisse Thybul out there, who's a plus on defense or a big minus offensively. I'm just saying it changes lineups and it changes it does, things. It does. I, I mean, that's true. Other that's hand, all, that's, I'm just, pref- I'm I know, just prefacing it. It's that's not. All. Well, it's not like you know. You're not losing an all star. That's a plus on both ends of the floor. He is. He is Definitely. barely head above water, being a plus on both ends of the floor. Yeah. And it's also he was not one of their three all NBA defensive selections. <laughs> no, he so was they not. should have plenty of defense to cover up guys like Cork Maz or Shake Milton. Just not enough to guard uh, Trey Young. I. I mean, this was. Sixers. I mean, this was a complete and utter failure collapse to not win the series, even though they okay, did seven are games. Okay, I have a question. Are you going to give any slack for a potential Joel Embiid injury? Uh, no, because he wasn't the problem. I mean, he was fine. Yeah, like, he yeah, was good. That's true. He was good. He was very good. <laughs> I agree. That's where, that's where I landed on he, this too. He was, I mean, he was the best player. Yeah. Trey Young was incredible and controlled the offense, but Joel Embiid was still the guy. The reason that he wasn't as effective at times was because there were just better offensive players and better game flow around mm-hmm. Trey Young and the Hawks. Definitely. So I don't I, honestly, Embiid's the only one that is devoid of of blame for me. I think he's going to get some because he's just that good. That oh, he take Seth Curry out of there. Expected. Oh, go I'm, great. I'm yeah, praising good Steph point. Curry. Yes, yes. I'm praising Seth Curry. Yes, good point. Good point. That he was he was the second best offensive player. He in was this <laughs> incredible this series. The dude was yeah. just on fire. He good shot point. like sixty percent from three. That's true. In this series. So those two guys. Devoid yeah. of blame for me, yeah. especially because because Joel Embiid, being as good as he is, I guess some of it should go to him just because when you are the superstar, when you are the MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. True, but also, true. but he's banged. He's clearly banged up, and uh, he's playing a ton of minutes, and he was good. I mean, I mean, he was. I don't remember. Was I'm sure he averages like at least thirty points a game mm-hmm. in the series, which is all you can ask for from your guys. I mean, that's great. Everybody else. What is happening? You're for sale. What's You're happening? Sale. I, well, I, well, let's back up. Let's back up. Because we got to talk. I, I forgot. I didn't connect these dots for a while. But Doc Rivers is the coach yes. of a team that collapsed. In the, I was yes. just, I was so enamored with how bad Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons and everybody else was, especially mostly those two guys. 
but how bad they were playing and their stats looking at the postgame stats. I forgot that Doc Rivers was the coach. And the like how many dots do we have to connect that he was in a teams of his that have collapsed and have underperformed in the playoff before it comes back to him. Here's Seth, here's something that I, I never thought that I would say come out of my mouth. Are the 2008 Celtics, are they <laughs> right to be as obnoxious as they are, thinking they're the best team ever? Because they had to overcome Doc Rivers as a coach in order to win the championship. <laughs> like, do we have to have that conversation they did now? The ultimate, they did the ultimate unthinkable. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was... I was Okay, let me back up. They... A lot of players have... Josh Smith, in particular, has been shitting all over Doc Rivers. Uh, any chance he yeah, gets. Yeah, hilarious. Uh, shout out Josh Smith. Go follow him on social media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, he probably, he's probably done now that Doc's done. But uh, just wait for next year. Ty Lue, the now coach of the Clippers, has not had a collapse in the playoffs. He's actually done the opposite. And he, it's because he's making adjustments, which has been the main reason that people don't like Doc as a coach, that he refuses to make adjustments. Uh, but... I think it's the point where you have to look inward. It's you, buddy. This keeps following you. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I don't... There is a lot of blame to be had on other players, specifically Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. But... Right. But like you said, I, at some point, it's got to be you. You can't just be yeah. getting horrendously unlucky everywhere you go that has a great roster and you're favored in every series you walk into. Yeah. Uh, also, Doc, with the with the uh, well, there's two quotes of the game, uh, quotes of the series here. After the game, Doc was asked if Ben Simmons can be at the point guard on a, on a championship winning team, and Doc just like he's so fed up, he's so sick of it all. He's just like, I I don't know the answer to that right, question. Right, right, right. Uh, I and then yeah. and then the other one was Joel Embiid. I can't ah uh, I can't remember what the exact quote was, but it was about oh yeah. Ben Simmons passing up the dunk. He's like, I don't really know how to explain it, but. We had an open dunk, and we ended up making one free throw. That's when like, I knew we were in trouble or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, my yeah, yeah. dad just directly pointed directly at Ben Simmons for yeah. passing up a wide open dunk. And, yeah, they're just they're fed up. <laughs> yeah. I will – and and I guess we'll start with Ben Simmons because, like you said, passing up the dunk so, – so Ben Simmons, historically, you know, not a shooter. That's what he's it, – it's like you say all these great things about him. There's always a but. He can't shoot. Not just that he's a Russell Westbrook, not good at shooting. He cannot shoot, and that mm-hmm. he will not shoot. But something in this series, in these last few games specifically, that, that he has some kind of mental block, some kind of issue. Because it went from he won't shoot outside of the paint to he won't shoot layups. Right. And le- legitimately layups. Like you said, he passed up a wide-open dunk to, to pass. Instead of shooting it, he passed it, <laughs> he passed it up. And this is a, like you said, can he be the point guard on a championship team? And thought, and, you know, the coach is like, probably not. He didn't say it, but probably. And that's where I remember I listened to like some guy from a Sixers podcast talking about the issues with the team. And he, he was framing it as, like, Ben Simmons shouldn't be point guard. Like, they kept doubling down all year. This is our point guard. He's going to lead the offense. He's going to bring the ball up. And it doesn't work in the play. It didn't work in these playoffs. And that's the issue. Like, Ben Simmons is a good player. He's just not a good point guard. And I don't, I don't know. Like he's not a good offensive player. He's, he's. It's not just that he's not a good offensive player. He is an absolute four on five offensive player. Like he is just a non-factor. Like in these moments, and especially like in transition, is is fine. But even in transition in this game seven, he was looking to pass the first chance he got. Mm-hmm. And God, I had some muscles. What was I going to say? He's bad. Lock, <laughs> lock that in. Yes. 
Uh, it's it's tough to watch, honestly. It it really is because. Oh, sorry. What I were to say that he's. I mean, he's gone from like a creative point guard that can't shoot. That's an elite defender to like Andre Robertson. That's just he's only good yes. at defense, right? Like he's <laughs> yes. any offensive skill he had is gone. He's just a long defender, and I, even like that's Matisse Seibel, what I'm describing. But he'll at least shoot. He'll shoot an exactly. open three. He'll he, he drive can, to the whole knock down an, He can knock down occasional open threes. It's just it's that's why I'm saying like you take a terrible shooter and he's got some horrible mental block. Like that's honestly what is happening right here. The the free throws are alarm. I mean, it's it's scary. What's the stats? Uh, Let me. Do you have the stats? I he shot like 33 percent from yeah, the series. He from, sure did. I don't know how many he took. Uh, uh, that's on free throws, but just like a like he'll get the ball in transition. A fast break, and he'll multiple times in in game seven. He just dished it off to Joel Embiid, who's like right next to him, because he saw an Atlanta defender running at him, like tr- to t- to right. uh, get a take foul, you know. Right, and that's I mean position. that's that's got to be like like that has to be why he's afraid to shoot because he's afraid to go to the line, right? Like he didn't shoot right. that dunk because he didn't want to get fouled and go to the free throw line. Uh, oh man, it's it's uh, a <laughs> I, I don't know what the Knicks or the Knicks. I don't know what the Sixers do. Honestly, uh, because you you're never gonna you can't. This is the lowest that or the, yeah. This is the lowest you'll ever sell on Ben Simmons, but you need him off your team now. You yeah, know? I mean he he he's a max contract player. He is an All NBA player, and he attempted three field goals in the fourth quarter of this series. He the didn't attempt series. a single yeah. one in the last four. I think it was four games. They oh, didn't have a single God. one because he's scared to go to like. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think it's crazy that both Defensive Player of the Year candidates completely exposed for different reasons, but completely exposed in the playoffs. They just yeah. can't handle the playoffs. Yeah, do, do you know what's like? I I just saw a Bleach Report, a bunch of Ben Simmons trades. Do you want to hear them? Mock trades. Oh, yeah. Expert trade packages is what this oh, is. Oh, baby. So the first one, Simmons for CJ McCollum, okay. which doesn't sound that bad, but do you know what's crazy to me? After uh, Portland lost, I listened to a podcast, and they were talking about like what can this, what can Portland do to get over the hump, and they mentioned like what what are our trade packages for CJ McCollum like, and they brought up, they said, look at a Philadelphia team that's kind of in a similar spot where they can't get over the hump. You would think they said you would think McCollum for Simmons, but that's not enough. So like Simmons, they were implying Simmons is too good, so maybe McCollum for Tobias Harris. And how much has Simmons' draft stock or, or trade stock fallen in those three weeks since then? That now all of a sudden that's a good trade, Simmons for uh, McCollum. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But okay, that's one. Uh, next, uh, the Kings, two players. Do you want to guess who they are? Uh, Marvin Bagley's involved. I know that's this. right. That's one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's a realistic trade. But Buddy. Buddy Heald. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley for Ben Simmons, which I don't hate because you can maybe reclaim. Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald shoots, which is what you want. Which is what, that's something we haven't talked about with Simmons is that since he has to be in the dunker spot, Joel Embiid doesn't post up in the low block when Simmons yeah. is in the game. He has to go high post. He shoots a lot of threes, shoots his pull-ups. He ends up facing up and trying to take off the dribble. Like, we can't get him with his back to the basket because we have to put Ben Simmons there because that's the only place the defense right. respects him. Yeah. Uh, okay, other ones. Uh, <laughs> Simmons for Kemba Walker, straight oh, up. God, that's a lose-lose. Everyone Who loses. says no? <laughs> Wow, that's yeah. Honestly, okay. like like if you're the if you're the uh, Thunder, Simmons throwing one of your first round picks plus Kemba for Simmons. Yeah, I 
why can't you just send Kemba straight? I mean, well, I can't imagine. Surely the Sixers won't do that, right? Surely. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't hate it. I don't hate for Ben Simmons. I mean, in the Thunder, they have no expectations. So. Yeah, no. him and Shea. It's a, a, it's a buy low. Let's say it's a buy low for sure. Okay. Uh, ooh, Simmons for D'Angelo Russell. Ooh, now we're getting interesting. You like that? Remember, I, I was. I'll be honest. I was all over this, the Timberwolves trading for Ben Simmons this uh, preseason. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to happen so bad, and I still kind of wouldn't mind it to be <laughs> okay. Honest. Okay. Uh, if that's uh, all you give up, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Just D'Lo, okay. The last one. This one's uh, gut punch. Uh, Simmons three three team. Okay. Simmons to the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, is Kristaps involved? Kristaps to the Houston Rockets. <laughs> Four, hang on. Oh, John Wall. John Wall. Straight up. <laughs> Could you, how far have the Sixers gone? Oh the people are God. suggesting. Like, Wait, so the three Sixers months ago, it was. Wall? Yeah. Three, and that's oh. it. And that's it. Like, three months ago, it was James Harden for Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, it's. It's you send out Ben Simmons and you bring back one year of John Wall, one year contract. <laughs> oh my god! But gosh. you're off of Simmons' contract. Wow, that's crazy how quickly that's changed. Now, I think we're overreacting, you know, a bit. Everyone's going to overreact a little yeah. bit, but it's definitely something the Sixers are going to have to figure out. How can uh, you not? Yeah, immediately. They probably love he's not playing the Olympics. Like work, work on your skill development. Yeah. And so you know, like that Ben Simmons is bad offensively but you, you know you you're not surprised like you're not expecting james harden numbers or him to be, shoot like kevin durant does well not james harden this last round of the playoffs but normal james like you know he's not offensive especially in the half court that's not this game he was obviously worse than you'd hope for but you know like i said you know he's not good who you do hope is better is tobias harris tobias harris was not like, like we mentioned that's that that seth curry was the second best offensive player for the sixers and it wasn't close because mm-hmm. Tobias Harris really underperformed, and when I, I went back and looked at his his numbers for the series, they're not as as bad as I thought they would be, which I think is indicative of the fact that he just did not make shots when they needed him to make shots, and especially right. like in the big comeback that they that they surrendered, only what was it? Only Embiid and Seth Curry made field goals in the second half it's of that game. Un- unreal! How is that possible? Right, and it's it's like. Ben Simmons having a meltdown is one thing because he's never been great. But Tobias, like, like you need Tobias Harris to score, especially like he knows he's the number two option offensively. Everybody knows he is, and he's just like, like when he's just missing shots, he doesn't do a good job getting to the line because he loves shooting pull ups, mm-hmm. and so it's just, it's just all of that puts even more pressure on on Embiid to be great, and he just you know couldn't get it done. Yeah, he, uh, what do you go like? I want to say his last two games, like. He shot like forty percent from the field, maybe, and, oh. and they get like combined, right? And but that doesn't include Game Five where he was two of eleven, you know. So like the last three games, they really needed him. He just he didn't show up. He played great uh, first few games of the series. I thought he was I thought he was pretty good, uh, but like you need like you said, you need him to be the second best offensive guy. And he just didn't show up the last three games. Right. I mean he was he was okay in game six, the game they won, he was nine of mm-hmm. twenty. But uh two of eleven in the game with the big comeback. Uh only two free throw attempts in that game, and then in game seven, eight of twenty four. And it's just yeah. like that just it's tough from your guy that, that when you know your point guard is gonna give you production offensively, like you need your star wing to do so and he didn't. One more thing from the series. Do you have anything else? No. 
Okay, one more thing from this series. I This thing I didn't understand. So, game six. And for some reason, all series, I was rooting for the Sixers, even after I lost the bet. I don't know why. I didn't. I don't particularly care for the Sixers. But I was, so I was upset about this. So, game six, Joel Embiid gets an offensive rebound and gets called for an offensive foul. And then this is where he and John Collins get into it. Did you see it? Did yeah. you see this? Yep. I don't – I was under the impression – that if you are in the restricted area as defender, you are never in legal guarding position. But they called an offensive foul. John Collins. I think it's was, only if you have the ball. I thought that was when they did. They they called the foul. Joel Embiid got the rebound, threw his body into John oh, Collins, yeah. who was under the basket, yeah. dunked yeah. it, okay. called an offensive foul. They challenged it. It was upheld. I don't understand how you can get an offensive foul called unless the guy punches you in the face or whatever. <laughs> like he made a basketball move. Joel Embiid did. It was very like it was an easy offensive foul if he's out of the restricted area, but he was fully two feet well in the restricted area. I don't know, understand why that's an offensive foul. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. I don't. That, and obviously, I'm not going to listen to their when they bring in their ref analysis expert because they're always stupid. And then the also, ref was always right. Exactly. And then and then while they're scuffling and beating Collins, Trey Young runs up and shoves a beat in the back. <laughs> two hand shoves. Like if you. If you flip those role reversal, one, Trey Young's going into the third row, and two, Joel Embiid's getting tossed from the game. Well, one, since Trey Young's a little guy and can't hurt anybody, he uh, it's fine. They don't even he doesn't even get a tech. One, Simmons is getting ejected, and two, a fan is going home with a souvenir of Trey Young. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Oh, jeez. Okay, so moving on, Bucks Nets. I so this was this was fun because. One, it was an incredible series and a, a ton of great games, but it was straight up the series picks. Yes. So nobody was out of it until the last game, which was super fun. But it did still feel like there was stuff in line then. But so, so where did we last leave it? 2 0 Bucks, or 2 0. The Nets came out 2 0. Bucks came back 2 2. I think that was where we left, right? 2 2. No, we talked about Katie's game five. Oh, that's right. So it was 3 2. It was immediately after that. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I will say so. I will give credit to the Bucks' resiliency. Okay. Because that game five could have been, I mean, it could have just been a heartbreaker, or, or just a just a what else do we do? Put your head down. Mm-hmm. You come out game six and they're they're shooting hot, and then you just done you lose by thirty. That could have very easily happened, but they didn't. They never showed any of that kind of quit in them. Uh, so and they came back one game six. They didn't come back to in game six. They came back after game five, won game six, mm-hmm. and then put us up for game seven in Brooklyn, which that's the thing that that the Bucks were clearly better at home. They've always been a really great home team. And just could they win one in Brooklyn was obviously the struggle for them all series. So game seven, Seth, where do you want to I'll, I'll just start with this. I, especially as it got close down the stretch, I have no faith. I had no faith the Bucks would win that game. No, none. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely zero confidence in the Bucks closing that game out, and it almost happened that you just figured Kevin Durant was going to win this game somehow, right? Or that, it, or that the Bucks would lose it on the offensive end because I guess right. like the Bucks, you could say this for the Sixers too, is that they're both teams that they're great rosters and are good enough to win championships, but they need to win games when they're playing in great teams like you do in the playoffs. They need to win games in like the first forty six minutes of the game because they're not. They're just not built to win in half court, get us a bucket mm-hmm. kind of, you know, game situation. So they need to win the game in the first three and whatever quarters. 
so it doesn't come down. Like they need to go into they need to get leads early. Is basically what I'm saying. And so as they didn't get a lead, like you said, it just felt like the Nets were gonna or Kevin Durant was gonna do something to. to uh, and Kevin Durant hit a, a shot at the end of regulation that his foot his foot was on the line. If his feet weren't so big, right, the, the Nets win the series. That's that's the thing is that that people have said it and it's. Both toes were on the line, clearly on the line, right. not, a, not a discussion, but not by much. And right. if, if he is legitimately, I'll say two inches max, like probably less than two inches, two inches farther back, it's one of the greatest shots in NBA history. And it's oh, just, it was, it's, it was awesome. it's kind of an afterthought. I, I'll tell you, I, I, you felt, I don't know if you felt this as, as, I don't even remember how the play started. I think it was after, off of a timeout, right? So they got it. Kevin Durant shot? Yes, the shot that he hit. Yeah, I don't it was, remember how it, started. it was uh, after timeout. I just remember as he's, as he's dribbling the ball, then I'm like, he's shooting a three. They're down two. I just, I like, he doesn't want to go to overtime. He wants to shoot a three. He's going to shoot a three. And credit to Chris Middleton, who did everything to stop him from shooting a three. But, it, I mean, it was just lucky that he put his toes in the line. Exactly. First of all, Kevin Wright, what, 48 again? I mean, he had 49. 49 the yeah. And again, game a five. full game. But I guess we'll, so we'll back up. So game so, seven, game, just game seven was an incredible game that yeah. uh, the Nets. Had a lead. I mean, lead changes back. It was one of those. They love flashing how many ties and lead changes yeah. every time. <laughs> yeah. Just back and forth game. Nobody got a big lead. Then I feel like more often than not, the Nets were leading. But and was, I felt every time that happened, they'd build like a, the lead would swell a little bit, and I'd be like, "Oh, Bucks can't come back." I, it would get like a five point game. And I'm like, I don't see how the Bucks could do right. this. <laughs> there was. I mean, there was a few, a few key moments like that. You're saying one. So Drew Holiday, who was terrible. For this game, that's what my, my notes in my notes for this game as I was watching it that I put that that Drew Holiday is channeling the spirit of Eric Bledsoe because he just yes. did not show up offensively for the first until forty. Yeah, so like, so he was bad all all game. He was pretty bad all series from three. Hits a big three, and then I think it was the next possession hits a pull up from the two, and that was like you yeah. said that that I didn't I didn't feel like those were like I didn't have confidence those were going to go in when he shot him and they and did and it was just I want to say he was like two of eighteen at that time too when he hit but right before right, he hit those right. two shots. And, that was and, and another moment for me that, that just how did the Bucks recover is when Harden banked in the three yes at the end of the shot clock I think they put him up five with maybe four minutes like like just a just a, a you know gut punch for the Bucks who played really good defensively so so other other kind of things about the game. Kevin Durant played all fifty-three minutes. He played fifty-three Let's... minutes. I think Drew Kevin Holiday or uh, um, Chris Middleton played fifty-three minutes. Harden played fifty-two minutes, I think, and Giannis yeah, Harden... played. So Harden you have on the... one hamstring. Yeah. Uh, I well, uh, pulled up real quick. Here. Yeah, while you're doing that, about this. So it was a banged-up Nets team, but still, it was an incredible win for the Bucks. And we we didn't mention this, Seth. The Kyrie Irving injury, that it was the same ankle he turned was the one he stepped on the Celtics <laughs> logo with. <laughs> so I love that. It was the Glenn Davis that came out and said, like, Lucky, yes. the Lucky, Lucky is the name of the Celtics mascot. Lucky's revenge oh, that he God. got Kyrie back. That was this. So no Kyrie. Okay. I, I will I will say, yeah. So so like you said, Harden was injured. Said that I've learned a few things in life. Three rules in life. Rule number one, uh, don't ever buy a truck, a pickup truck, because people will always bug you about using it mm. rule number two know yeah. somebody that owes a pickup truck so you can bug them about using it and rule number three don't count on james harden in big playoff moments even though playing on one hamstring he's still because he played much better in game six than he did in game five but he was just bad in this game and i don't know why like I, I, steve nash is going to get excused from any 
or pretty much all coaching issues or, or questions about his coaching. But honestly, a big one for me is why Harden was playing so much when he was just not contributing. And credit to the Bucks who finally learned they started attacking him. They got some switches yeah. onto him. They went at him. It was amazing. But um, I, I just I'm surprised Harden played as much as he did because he did not look good. So well, minutes. The, there's the problem. Okay, so yeah, he played 52 minutes and 59 seconds. Uh, Nick Nick Claxton clocked one second oh. to play time. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, Bruce Brown played 52 minutes. Right. KD 53, Giannis 50, Chris Middleton 52 and a half, Drew Holiday 48. And then, okay, that's like. So obviously, these guys are gas. The stars played their mm-hmm. hearts out. It was incredible. I we have not given enough love to Chris Middleton, who played almost as many minutes as Kevin Durant, and then went from being the primary shot creator to switching on to Kevin Durant at the end of the game and in overtime. Like he took on the assignments while playing the entire game and having to do a ton of the half court yeah. offensive work. I I was very impressed. Even though he didn't shoot the ball well for most of the game. Hit big t- hit big shots again though. But uh, yes, I want a quick shout out Pat Connaughton as oh my Pat gosh, Connaughton off yeah. the bench, uh, nine points, three threes, the only bench player in this entire game to score points. <laughs> I <laughs> that's an amazing set. I can't like I was getting pissed at at Bud coaching staff of the Bucks for a few reasons as usual, but one of them was so so in the during the fourth quarter they started attacking Brook Lopez as you do on defense. Because they just put him in ball screens with Kevin Durant and let Kevin Durant go. I I thought the second time it happened in a row, put in Pat Connaughton because he'll do better mm-hmm. and he's he'll do as much if not more than Lopez is doing offensively because he's hitting shots. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so I wanted to see more of him. I was I was kind of uh, upset that we didn't. It felt like all three of his threes were very timely too. Yeah, like, and, and times, like, like kind of... a couple of them were like not advised shots, like yes. quick <laughs> early <laughs> one pass. It's like okay, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, our team's gassed. Let's fire for quickly. Right, <laughs> right. But it was an incredible game, and I will say so. The Nets season's over, and what else could you say about Durant? He was incredible. They'll be back next year, and if they're healthy, watch out. I, I don't know if you could find a, a, a collection of people that uh, influence the refs. We'll say nicely. And throw their heads up when they get contact, and throw mm. their hands at the refs every time they shoot. I don't know if you can find a group of three people that do it more than Harden, Durant, and Blake Griffin, because they do it all of the time. Every time Blake Griffin was bumped by Giannis, Blake Griffin threw his head back. Offense or defense didn't matter. Right. <laughs> I, I for the call. There was a there was a highlight they showed. You know, they show like little clips of highlight plays before timeouts, like when they're cutting to a, or when they're cutting to a commercial break. There was one where it's like, oh, Harden and Giannis going back and forth, and they are Durant and Giannis going back and forth, and they show Durant like shoot a pull up. You can tell there's no contact. After he shoots, he spends the whole time like slapping his arm, like, come on, ref, I got fouled. Other end is Giannis, who like transition gets a pass and dunks it, gets raked across the yard by somebody, and just does like just flexes. Like there's not a foul called, but just like like just <laughs> so different mindset, and it sucks because one of them like Durant spends his whole time. Leveraging the officials, we'll say, again we politely, trying to leverage the officials, and uh, Giannis, who probably gets fouled more and takes more contact, probably because of the way he plays, but still takes more contact and just doesn't doesn't animate, doesn't react, doesn't flop, and it's just like, like I watched it, and I was like, oh my god, Giannis could do that every single time he touches the ball mm-hmm. if he did it as much as Durant does it. But yeah, Blake Blake Griffin, all time flops for minute guy. Boy, you got it, PJ Tucker in this game was the epitome of 
this the guy like the second one to do it is always the one that gets caught. Yeah, because because there was a lot of I mean he's not exactly uh, innocent of physical <laughs> under the belt kind of plays, but but the, uh, between him guarding Kevin Durant and him and Blake Griffin, there was so much jockeying back and forth off the ball physicality. Somebody does something to him, he retaliates, fouls on him, mm-hmm. and especially yes. Kevin Kevin Durant, who was an all time two hand push off before he goes and catches a pass player. Do you remember that one uh, in the previous series against Jason Tatum where he like basically punched oh, him in the it, face and then yeah. caught a ball and they called a foul on Tatum on the shot? He does that to a much extreme case all the time. And P.J. Tucker, who fouled out in this game, was looked very helpless. He's like, like that he couldn't figure out what to do to stop all these uh, fouls being called on him. <laughs> so I'm glad to see that that's... The Nets don't advance for no other reason than we don't have to see that for another series. And the Nets don't win. That's we all win. That is a huge. That is a huge thing for sure. But uh, yeah, incredible, incredible game. And like you said, that uh, there were so many times where it felt like the Bucks would lose, and we got very anti-Bucks things in that case. So we got Giannis who struggled from the free throw line, but hit a lot in the second half. Giannis who had that. Great turnaround jump hook on Durant. That was that's when you feel like he airballs, you know. Yes. Old Giannis would airball. Yes. And the game, he has a big turnaround uh, jump hook, and then Chris Middleton who hits the huge pull up to give him the lead in overtime. And by the way, for as incredible of a game it was, the overtime was terrible. So ugly. <laughs> Bucks went like four minutes without scoring a point. Well, I, I'll tell you what was like, crazy Jesus. about it. So, so Durant when Durant hits the shot to tie it. If, if I'm the Bucks coach, here's what I'm saying. All right, listen, guys. Durant tried to shoot a three because he's tired because he doesn't want to play overtime. We want to play overtime, so let's go outwork him for five minutes. And I guarantee, like, like you know they don't want to play. You know they're tired, mm-hmm. or Durant's tired, and Durant's their offense. Like, you know Durant's tired. Just go work hard, and you will win the game. And then they give up offensive rebounds to Bruce Brown and Joe Harris on back-to-back possessions. It was like the shot, the field goals in, like, the first two minutes of overtime was, like, Bucks 0 of 3. Nets one of nine or something like it was insane. <laughs> they just they were just getting totally outworked. Yeah, Durant just looked gassed. He just lost the touches. He got too tired, and right. and Chris Middleton hit the shot. And then it just uh, sucks that it ended it ended with a like a KD airball three. And right, just, right. Because even when he takes you, are like, oh, all right, game's over. Durant just hit a three to win. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And just well short. I, yeah, it, yeah. It was it was. Uh, I mean, no one's gonna remember that or. No. no, it's not a, a bad look for him. Okay, but, but yeah. they uh, they move on. They're gonna the Bucks move on. They'll be playing the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, a little last thing for the for the Nets. Mm, Where yeah. do we send our fruit basket to Joe Harris for being terrible from three in this entire I, I series? I really appreciate it, Joe. I really boy do. did he fall apart. I was not the guy that I expected of all of the Nets. He was not the guy I expected to not show up. You know that yeah. or that, and uh, he missed he missed some. About as good of looks as you could hope for, and if if he's not making wide open threes, that I don't like. That's another thing. It's like why are we? Why is he in the game? Like Jeff yeah, Green, I, who who I, probably... I would say the same thing about uh, Harden and Joe Harris not making shots. There's no one else on the roster to put in. You're not putting uh, Mike James, Chris. Chose, I would put or Jeff Tyler Green Johnson in. in. Just go, just go big. I mean, I mean, Jeff Green barely played in this game, and he was incredible in game uh, in the comeback and in, in game five. He was, yeah, and then game seven. Uh, Giannis just bullied him. He couldn't. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying post, just you keep quick, Blake, three, quick fouls. keep Blake on uh, on Giannis and just slide him over to the I don't know something. 
Yeah, try something. Right? That's what I'm saying. I yeah. I, I, I don't because uh, as good as he was in Game Five, I'm surprised he didn't get to see more time. But what, yeah, I thought that was weird too. Good thing he didn't because Bucks won. So we have we have Bucks uh, Hawks, and it's you that's picking this line. Give me Bucks five and a half. Five and a half. Oh yeah. Oh, it's not very many. I'll take the Hawks. Oh, okay. I'll okay. take the Hawks. That's a, this. That's a tough. I didn't know. I had no idea how you're gonna call it. We'll see if you'd. Yeah. Okay. Bet on okay. the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take so I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna toot my own horn here, but I I predicted a Clippers Bucks finals for all the wrong reasons. Like I've, if this happens, I'm totally gonna stumble backwards into it okay. <laughs> accidentally, but it still might come true somehow. Yeah, for sure. So, so be the lookout for that. Even do you, do you have any any uh, initial thoughts about Hawks Hawks Bucks matchup while we're here? Yeah, uh, the Bucks are gonna have to track Trey Young as every team should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, that's true. That's a good point. I will say, I mean, Ben Simmons and Matisse Thybulle are great options for him, but they're yeah. bad offensively. I don't know if if I could think of a better guy I'd want on my team going straight Trey and Drew Holiday. I know. Because that guy's got a motor, and he's not a total liability, even though he kind of played like it for some times. He's not a liability on offense. Right. Unlike Ben Simmons yeah. is what I was implying. So <laughs> I, I, I think I think he'll do really well. I think they would really like DiVincenzo. Just to oh, have somebody okay. else chase Chang around screens while um. While I was going. okay. Here's my question about this series: Is how do they uh, did they slide PJ Tucker back to the bench? Because you know his job was just to right. He was piss the, Kevin Durant off. Was the KD annoyer. Yeah. So there's there's Forbes. no one else really on or Pat Connaughton either one. But like, where does? Because I mean, Brent Forbes kind of fell out of the rotation last series. Yeah, also. he definitely did. So where does P, like who is PJ Tucker going to have to check? Like, there's no one that he needs to right. You know, Kevin Herter, apparently, but oh, what's the uh, yeah, point. what's <laughs> we heard about uh, Bogdanovich? Yeah, he didn't look. He didn't. We didn't mention that. Yeah, he didn't look great. Uh, game seven, he's wearing a knee brace. He was he was on the injury report before game seven for a, I don't remember what the knee injury was, yeah. but he just looked like a little less lift, especially on his jumper. I haven't heard anything since though. Yeah, I don't know. He he. I was thinking. Like who? What is? What, how do we find value for PG Tucker? That might be it. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, not if his knees. But they'll play. I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't know. But but like Gallinari, who killed George Hill in Game Seven. That's something right. for PG Tucker. And boy, talk about terrible coaching decisions in Hawks Sixers backtrack totally. But like four straight possessions, they start George Hill, the point guard, guarding power forward Daniel Gallinari. And they just post him up in the mid post, and he gets like a bucket or fouled like four yeah. straight times. And it's like, well, I guess there's nothing we can do about it. They were so Doc was so reliant on the bench for no reason. I don't know why these. You're not. There's no minutes restriction. You have to play these guys. You have That's to play what, your yeah. best guys. Yeah. Fifty three minutes if you're which, going overtime. Which we haven't mentioned, but it was always criticized for not playing Giannis big minutes in previous years' playoffs. Right. It took them a couple years, but they finally started to just leave our, our good guys out for as long until we win. Yeah, it worked. They can rest in Cancun if, <laughs> if, uh, if it doesn't work. Right. Rehab in Cancun, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. That's what we look forward to. Bucks. Uh, I like I'm the Bucks. Can... I like the Bucks to win. I, I'm John Collins, I'm sure will do a good job on Giannis, but I, he's not as – I don't think he's as – I mean, he works hard. He was working – in the previous series, but I don't, yeah. I, just, I don't know if he'll bang around with Giannis. The, si- like yeah, the size, yeah, the size is gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But the good news is, uh, since the Hawks play a traditional five, Brook Lopez will have something to do defensively. Right. So. Uh, yeah, we'll see what how effective Clint is uh, with a floor spacer too. I'm more. I, I'm. I'm more curious about because because I'm sure like, the Bucks are a good defensive team, but the Hawks have a lot of good offensive players. I'm more curious about how the other battle goes. The Bucks offensively, like what the Hawks do to try to slow them down. Right on the defensive end. So uh, I think is um, so. Is game two tomorrow of the Western yes. Conference Finals? Okay. They already announced Chris Paul's out. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, basketball's back tomorrow. Finally. Yes. After a long Well, break. you'll hear this tomorrow. Oh, I'm that's what back tonight. Back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, good. Yeah, I think that's good for me. All right. Logan Martin, you know what to do, bud. It's the remix. Derby. I'm like magic to Kareem, man. You tell me I ain't worthy. I ain't speaking about Georgia. I'm speaking about income. Did it Elizabeth? Here comes the big one. I put my money in your community and you got your budget. I want my ass with your advance to the toilet and flush it. My last dance be a stance of general custard. I hot dog cause I can. I got cheese and mustard. I got the stats of a Hall of Famer and just two records. That's why I'm back up at the Super Bowl with Julius Peppers. I got that can't stop, won't stop in my veins. That's why they can't stop, won't stop screaming my name. Logan, Logan, go tell your friends to tell your friends. I'm going to keep the same grin whether I lose or win. I'm going down 10, I'm going to fight to the end. Let's go, ain't no way they can stop me now. Logan comes my way, yeah. So the results are just hacking So there's three of us now, me, AI, and Shaq From the look to the eyes, I say Harvard man With more heart than Hallmark on Valentine's Day I'm the one that you've been raving about My Ray Lewis, I think it's hard to go and change your route Cause you don't know if I'm blizzing Or if I'm sitting and reading Waiting on you to drug trip and drop back and throw up a pig, man Ain't no way they can know Ain't no way they can know It's hard work, pays off, then easy work is worthless. My work habit ain't no heaven, man. I do it on purpose. I push myself to the limits and my talents will surface. So now it's curtains and trades on anybody who hates. Just liking what I'm reciting, biting what I've been writing.
watching and clawing on every hate. Trying to make you remember me like you remember the times. Cause I'm a warrior. My daddy was a soldier. I Vietnam bent with a dirty thought. I told ya. I'm supposed to rip up your town in Teriosis. Hitting like vultures, man. I'm young, white, and rich. As good as it gets. And giving your point guard fierce. He thinks he's done seeing pressure, man. But he ain't seen shh. Ain't no way they can know. 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 Ain't no way they can stop me now. Because I'm waiting. I can feel my rain coming. It's a brother champion. I'm a big inside my lane. Too much pride to be running. I'ma get what I can and more. Even in the blood, sweat, sweat, my tears don't mean nothing. It's the heart of a champion. I know it.